Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, more calls for the federal government to address racism in Canada. I think uh, as with so many systemic challenges, uh, there are multiple factors that come into this and we need to work together as uh, a country, but we need to engage and listen to uh, racialized communities. Is criticizing the American response to George Floyd's death worth reigniting trade tensions. It's difficult to stand up to bullies. It's difficult to call out hate. It's hard to do, but it must be done. And it takes courage and everyone has to do their part. And I, I think the prime minister has an important role. Canada has an important role to call out when things that are so heinous are going on. There is a time where we cannot be silent. And this is that time. And public health officials continue to call for caution as more of the country reopens. I'm not sure we're at any sort of definitive moment in the road yet. I mean, we're still, you know, provinces are reopening. We, they still talk about, health officials do about a second wave. We're not gonna know how well the reopening is going until kind of after it's happened. It's Monday, June the 8th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Peter Van Dusen, CPAC's executive producer and the host of Primetime Politics. Peter, thank you for being with us. Good to talk to you again, Mark. The discussion about racism in Canada has really exploded and expanded over the last week, of course. Um, It started with events in the United States, but now there are allegations of uh, behavior by certain members of the RCMP in this country towards Indigenous Canadians. Um, and, And that's an issue now for Canadians to grapple with. It has prompted a discussion about the extent to which there is racism in Canada and racism in Canadian policing. It's prompted discussions about policing in general and where we go from here on that. How do you see that debate evolving in the days ahead? Well, I think, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure how it evolves or where it goes, but I, I certainly think it continues, uh, and it probably picks up steam because it's going to move from um, the sort of where we've seen it, which is the community level and the protests, and, and it has, uh, you know, it has galvanized uh, Canadians in a way that I don't recall seeing, Mark, uh, in terms of uh, the enough is enough sort of sentiment that I think you're seeing across Canadian society and uh, of course the question will be you know are we prepared to follow through on it as a society and you know I don't this feels different than what I've seen before in my in my lifetime and covering these kinds of stories that I, I, I just I get the sense in talking to people and and listening to people that we've come to a, a point in the road here where um, same old just isn't going to be good enough and slow progress isn't going to be good enough and there's going to be a continued heavy, heavy push from a, across uh, the Canadian society uh, to, to push our leaders and the, 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 our leaders seem willing, let's say that, but to push them to take uh, fast action, um, you know, important action and, and fundamental uh, action that will that will change where we've been and, and change the road ahead and I think that's that's where we're headed. I don't see this debate uh, dying down as it has in the past. I, I think this debate is now uh, coming from so many different areas and has so many people uh, with open hearts and open minds and 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 willing to push for change that I'm I'm not sure uh, there will be a better time to move our society forward than the time we're in now. Yeah, and, and I know a lot of people will hope that's the case, but I think there's also concern that in some ways we've been here before. There have been other incidents in which 
people of color were uh, who died in police custody uh, and and where white police officers were involved in North America and um, and there has been outrage and demonstrations and protests and and the situation hasn't changed. So uh, I wonder what might be different this time. Are there uh, is there a different level of, of, of connection to this issue now? Is there is this a different time? I think that you know I I, I think I think that that you know in in many of the past cases not everybody pays attention. You know you you talk about it, you hear about it, you're told about it, and in 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 some people will be will have been uh, incredibly moved and outraged and will push for action, and others uh, will will move on with their lives and think it's terrible, but uh, maybe not think it's terrible enough. There's something about this video and the response to it that we've seen and the idea of eight minutes and four, eight minutes and 46 seconds. And when you watch the memorial services or, or watch that video, you it, it's hard to believe that you're seeing what you're seeing. And I think for this is what what is different, I think, than... Uh, what's been seen before? Sometimes these are there are terrible incidents that have happened. Nobody, nobody can deny that. There's something about watching the time pass as this person's life ebbs away that I think has just brought people to a different level of, I think, of a different level of, of galvanization in the country and a, and a different level to to want to say uh, this has to stop this. This, you know, this is an American case I'm talking about, but I think you know Canadians have, as we've seen in the last week and before that, uh, there have been very prominent cases in this country too. And I think when we hear them now, I think no matter what it is you're hearing in some of these cases, I mean, I know in my mind when I hear it, my mind goes back to the eight minutes and 46 seconds. And you just want to say that I can't, I will not, stand to watch that again. I think more and more Canadians are feeling that way to the point where they want change. And and so I think, you know, for policymakers in this country, there's never been a better time to bring people along with you because they want to get in line and they want to make it happen. There is some continued debate in Canada over the extent to which Canadian politicians should be commenting on the behavior of Donald Trump with regard to this issue in the United States. And I know there are some who would say we need to look after the uh, issue of racism in Canada and the other systemic issues connected to that before we comment on what's happening in America. But uh, Jagmeet Singh and other politicians uh, have been saying the prime minister should not uh, hold back on his comments about Donald Trump just for economic reasons, that that, that, that uh, basically reduces or eliminates our sovereignty. Um, do you think that discussion is going to continue? Do you think there will be more pressure on the prime minister to say more about what's happening in the U.S.? Well, as long as the prime minister continues to do more, maybe there's, there's you know, less pressure to say more. I mean, and, and again, this you know, this story is going to keep coming back to, okay, there's the American story, but what about Canada? Um, you know, let's fix what's happening in this country too. But, you know, I mean, Justin Trudeau said, you know, last week, and I think uh, we'll hear him say it again in the days ahead, is that he's he's got these two challenges. You know, he, he, he wants to demonstrate what he believes Canadian values are all about. He wants to stand up against racism. He talks about systemic racism in Canada. He wants to defeat it. He says he's 
going to build a plan to do that. They've promised funding and have, have yet to really roll it out, so there's lots of pressure to do that. But he also talked last week, Mark, and I think you'll hear more of that about, you know, I'm representing Canadian values, but I also have to defend Canadian interests, and that's the word he uses. And I think, it, you know, Canadians can see that. I mean, read between, you, you want, many Canadians want Justin Trudeau to be far more forceful in condemning Donald Trump. He's walking a bit of a tightrope with the relationship with the U.S. president and the fact that we have so much on the line in, in trade and, you know, other interests between the two countries. But if the Prime Minister does the kinds of things that you see the Prime Minister do, which was to take part in the rally last week and, and drop to one knee uh, to demonstrate, you know, where he's at on this and, and to show his support uh, for the protesters and, and the cries for change, sometimes your actions can tell people what you're really thinking, even if you can't actually say so. Uh, maybe that won't be good enough for some people. Some people will attack him on that, but he's in a pretty difficult place when it comes to, uh, a, you know, a full-on public uh, a screaming match with Donald Trump when there's so much uh, other stuff involved in the relationship. If he, but if he keeps doing what he's doing to show people where he's at, I think people can connect those dots. All right, let's turn to the coronavirus crisis in Canada, and we're seeing a lot of different... Storylines playing out. Uh, Many provinces are taking further steps now to return to normal or at least take a step in that direction. Uh, We've seen reporting of numbers in some jurisdictions like Quebec that are lower than they have been in a long time. On the other hand, the military has been deployed to another long-term care home in Ontario that is has been ravaged by COVID-19. We are also seeing lots of caution being expressed by public health officials that we need to move very carefully uh, or we could end up with a significant second wave of coronavirus. So how do you see this issue playing out in the days ahead? Yeah, I see it continuing to play a little bit uh, the way it has been. I'm not, I'm not sure we're at any sort of uh, definitive moment in the road yet. I mean, we're still, you know, provinces are reopening. We still they still talk about health officials do about a second wave. We're not going to know how well the reopening is going until kind of after it's happened. If you know what I mean, Mark, we got we got to get through these sort of incubation periods of spread to realize, okay, every time we you know ease another restriction, then we sort of have to keep our eye on things for a couple of weeks to see whether that's triggered some new transmissions. Uh, or whether it's working or whether we've been able to minimize the amount of transition and, and jump on it quickly uh, to avoid, a, a you know, a, a, I think Teresa Tan, the, the chief medical officer of the country's biggest concern would be that, look, we have an explosion of cases that leads to the possibility of a, of a second wave that's worse than the first wave. And I think that's, that's the nightmare scenario is that we are not only back in the restrictions, but in worse restrictions than we had uh, in, in wave number one. So, uh, you know, I think, I think it's just going to continue to be this sort of places where, you know, the caseload is, is, uh, is less and where they've, they seem to have a, a pretty good handle on managing it. I think they'll, they'll move forward because, uh, you know, the risks, the risks of a, of a significant outbreak when you have small cases to begin with would seem to be less for them and their ability to, uh, to cope quickly uh, would seem to be increased. Places like Ontario, places like Quebec, um, they'll, they'll keep moving ahead, but I'm not sure we're going to know whether it's working until we're sort of closer to, to a full reopening and then see what that looks like and see what the consequences of that are. 
All right. We'll see what happens as we start a new week. Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. All right, Mark. Always a pleasure. Take care. That's CPAC's Peter Van Dusen. Pissed. I'm outraged. There needs to be a full accounting of, of what has gone on. This is a pattern that keeps repeating itself. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Toronto Star, Tiffany Gooch argues, the time for slow and steady action to tackle anti-black racism is over. Gooch writes, some Canadians, believing themselves to be fair-minded, have attempted to sweep our own issues with systemic anti-black racism and police violence under the rug. But it's time to address them head-on. For many, it's easier to dismiss the voices calling for change than to do the real work of making that change a reality. We don't need another listening tour for the sake of truth-sharing that rarely results in any reconciliation. Slow and steady doesn't always win the race. In an editorial, the Ottawa Sun argues against defunding police services. The Sun writes, On one level, you can understand the emotions that have led some people to suggest reducing police budgets. And you don't have to look far to see instances when cops acted brutally against minority citizens. But it's twisted logic that gets you from some cops are very bad at their jobs to let's plunder police budgets. If any police money is to be diverted, it might be into more training and wiser recruitment policies for the force. That doesn't mean we shouldn't fund social services better, but we would be wrong to take that money from the police. In the Globe and Mail, Thomas Juno argues Canada will pay the price for neglecting our foreign policy. Juno writes... The next years will see Canada facing increasingly difficult decisions. For the first time in decades, all we will be able to do is choose from a menu of bad options. This has already begun, as witnessed in our troubled relations with China. When the country has suffered the costs of foreign policy mistakes, we might then be able to collectively marshal the necessary political, economic, bureaucratic and societal resources. Hopefully, these necessary first failures will not be too damaging. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. Many will be watching this week to see if there is a decision by the federal government on whether or not to extend the deployment of Canadian Forces personnel in Quebec and Ontario long-term care homes. CPAC's Martin Stringer has more on that. Mark, there are just over 1,600 Canadian Forces personnel in Quebec and Ontario long-term care homes. And this weekend, we learned that in Ontario, the forces have now been called into a sixth home to assess the situation because of the complete collapse of staffing and that home's inability to cope with COVID-19. That despite the fact that a hospital had been called in to take over the home in Woodbridge, just north of Toronto. Now the forces have been called in. But the big question is the more than 25 homes in Quebec and Quebec Premier Francois Legault's outstanding request that Canadian Forces personnel stay on until mid-September. Despite an urgent recruiting campaign in Quebec to try to hire 10,000 workers for the long-term care homes, there are still reports of cascading burnout and it's very likely there will be continuing shortages of staff in those homes. Original reports stated that Defence Minister Harjit Sajjan was adamantly opposed to extending the Armed Forces mission to September 12th in Quebec, as requested by the Premier. But the latest description of the situation is that Quebec and Ontario are now still discussing the matter. It is possible that the mission could be extended, but not all the way until mid-September. It's also possible that the deployment in Quebec could be of fewer forces. But one thing is certain, the situation on the ground in Quebec's long-term care homes, at least, remains critical. So, Mark, we will watch for any potential announcement on that front 
possibly this week. Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister is expected to provide his daily briefing on the coronavirus crisis. Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet will hold a news conference in Ottawa, and Economic Development Minister Melanie Jolie will be in Montreal for a news conference on enhanced emergency support for small and medium-sized businesses in that region. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, June the 8th. Tune into CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today for continuing coverage of the coronavirus crisis. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.